One, two, three. Welcome to From, From the, the Heart. Heart. I'm Michelle. And I'm Bernice. And we're your co-hosts of this podcast. From the Heart is a podcast where we speak truthfully and authentically about various topics that we feel haven't been touched on. We are simply two Chinese-American girls sharing personal stories and advice based on our perspective and experiences. We were preparing for this episode to be on how me and Bernice met. Um, but with all the recent events right now, we wanted to share a bit about how the commu- Asian community is being affected and also the stories of what it's like growing up as a Chinese-American. Oh, quite honestly, like, with what's going on, um, it kind of made me more fearful of not just being Asian, but also being an Asian woman. My parents would always say, like, oh, like, don't walk home at night, um, be careful, never walk alone. Um, and they always gave me all these like warnings, but I always took it with like a grain of salt. Like, oh, I can protect myself. I'm aware of these situations. Um, I just want to walk my friend home. And then as long as my friends are safe, like I can be safe, like that kind of thing. Or I just want to stay in the library for a couple more hours before I head back to my dorm because I feel more productive. And I never realized like, how dangerous it was to actually I mean it's not like that I completely like walk alone I would always like call like a friend or my parents and um just just by talking to them on the phone to make sure that I'm safe and I can get home safe but at the same time it's like what can they do over the phone you know yeah I just feel so fearful and I finally know why my parents were so worried I actually didn't think of getting it to walking home late at night to our dorms I actually didn't think of that Mm-hmm. I was just more thinking like, traveling if you're trying to go from like to a grocery store and you're just like stopping by for a quick like grocery run like things can happen as you're walking there mm-hmm. recently there was like the Chinese grandma who was just standing waiting for the light to change color so she could cross the street mm-hmm. and then this white guy just appeared out of nowhere like trying to attack her yeah and then luckily she was able to defend herself but she didn't leave like unharmed yeah. She's still very, like, traumatized. There's just a lot of that that's been going on recently. It is scary. I also worry for my grandma because she's living alone in, like, a senior center. Mm-hmm. Luckily, she's in, a like, an Asian senior center, mostly Asians. So And she has friends there, so it's not too concerning as long as she doesn't leave to go places by herself. Mm-hmm. I think this is, like, a good wake-up call, Um for all of us who, who thought that, oh, these things would never happen to me. But you never know. Like, wrong place, wrong time. It comes to show that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Now. I think it also made us, it allows us to reflect on our family and mm-hmm. the people around us and also mm-hmm. how we grew up. Because mm-hmm. these people who have been attacked, mostly elderly, they could easily be our family members, our neighbors, mm-hmm. people that we know. Mm-hmm. How was your experience growing up as a Chinese-American? For me, um, growing up in Hong Kong, because that was where I was born, I didn't really felt like I fit in, even though I went to like a local school. Um, it's just like, I think it's because I preferred to speak English, and I was more fluent with English than Cantonese. That's why I wasn't able to relate with um, the slangs that other kids were talking about or just like 
it was really hard to um, really fit in with my friends. Instead of reading Chinese books, um, I would be reading a lot of English books, and it, that's already like a language barrier because my friends would be talking about this book and recommending these kind of books with each other, but I like reading my English books. Um, and they would always label me as, oh, she's that American girl. And I they think that's that like, to you? they did. Because yeah. in their eyes, because I don't speak Canto as proficient as they can, I'm immediately labeled as the girl from the girl that's US. And I never realized that was a big issue on my identity. But also, once I got to the US for high school, I also didn't fit in with the kids in my high school because immediately when you look at me, I'm Asian. And I tell people like, oh, I'm from Hong Kong. And, and then immediately that whole image of how they view me is, oh, she's just an Asian girl, you know? So I didn't really feel like I fit in. Wow, I never knew that even in Hong Kong, like they labeled you as American. For me, I grew up in a relatively Asian dominated neighborhood throughout my whole life. So I haven't experienced like a gang of people who were very obviously different from me, mm-hmm. looking at me and labeling me as like Asian because a lot of the people I was around was Asian and the mm-hmm. majority of the school was Asian. But even though I lived in that kind of community, I feel like as I was growing up, I would always watch American shows. My teachers would be white. And so I'd be like, oh, what we do is different. Like in our house, things look different. Like we don't wear shoes <laughs> inside our house. Um, the things we eat are different. The traditions are different. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always be like, oh, why can't we eat American food? Why do we have to eat Chinese food every day? I'd be like, can we get pizza instead mm-hmm. of like rice all the time? And so it's just stuff like that. I feel like it kind of gets into your head without you realizing it as a kid. Always wondering like, we live in America. Like, why can't we be American? That goes into how media kind of changes how we see things. I completely agree, especially with just like the TV shows that we watch. I would always watch like Hannah Montana or Wizards of Waverly Place. Mm -hmm. And those shows weren't really that mainstream in Hong Kong. And where my friends would usually watch a lot of the after school show or whatever. But that's like more on local television. That's another thing that I wouldn't be able to relate with them because we watch the different shows um but yeah i also agree like when i went to the u.s i mostly hung around with asians just because i'm able to relate with them with like in terms of like our cultures and like so you were conscious that like oh i need to search this asian so that we can be friends and we can relate i guess so um i feel more comfortable you know because from hong kong everyone's asian and then when you go to the u.s like it's a big transition so i wanted at least some familiarity in my life but eventually i know that that wasn't the case there was only like a couple asians in my school and um i was friends with a tiny amount from a young age i wasn't like conscious of the fact that oh like asians need to stick together Mm. or like i should be friends with that person because they're asian i thought i was the same as everyone else oh why like i'm friends with everyone why can't i just be friends with that person Mm -hmm. just because we like click our our like personalities like i never looked at their outward until maybe like high school to Mm. be honest but at the same time my high school was predominantly asian Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't it was pretty easy to relate to a lot of people Do you feel like everyone knew that we don't belong except for us? Hmm. I feel like at some point, yeah, 
because sometimes you say ignorance is bliss and so when we're not aware of that it's it's kind of like bliss mm-hmm. uh, when we're able to be ignored or to for us to think that you know we fit in mm-hmm it's it's better for our own state even though that's not the case yeah i remember telling you i was like this might sound very ignorant and rude but i miss the days when we were just Mm -hmm. coexisting i feel like there's just so much tied into like the history of like racism or i don't even know the details of it Mm -hmm. we were never Mm -hmm. fully on the same playing field like i said before Mm -hmm. even now it's not as in your face where Mm -hmm. they're like oh you can't sit here Mm-hmm. But it's more like, oh, you can't be successful in this industry. You can't get that promotion mm. as easily. Yeah, I hope that now that we're like voicing ourselves, we're making ourselves heard, people are hearing us, I think, gradually. Hearing about our stories, hearing about things that we go through, hearing that the model minority myth isn't true, mm-hmm. that will change some things. I hope so too. Just like after communicating with like some of my other friends and I kind of gave up. Um, I was like, this is just too scary for me. I I don't want to go out of my house anymore. I don't want to go outside because I don't want to be harassed. I don't want to be bullied. I don't want to be beaten verbally and also physically. Um, I just got, developed such a fear now of going out. Even in Hong Kong? Or just going back to the U.S. in general. Like, th- those thoughts just really, like, bubbling up inside of me. Then I realized, like, our parents and grandparents probably suffered so much more than what I'm imagining or my fears. In the end, this just sounds so cynical, but we are going to be hated on whether or not we are Asian or just our personalities. <laughs> There's always, like, some things that will make people dislike us, um, and we can't please them all, and we can't live life very cautiously. Yeah, I think fear is very understandable. Like, it's very overwhelming mm-hmm. seeing all of the news that isn't being covered on main news outlets. Hearing of the fact that the six um, Asian women who got shot mm-hmm. by one 21-year-old man, they have lives like those Asian women. Mm-hmm. They have families to take care of. They're single moms, or they, they also went through a lot just mm-hmm. to have that job. Mm-hmm. It is scary. It's okay. I think it's okay to be fearful. But I think it's also good to realize that we're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. And like generations before us already went through a lot. Mm-hmm. Our parents went, probably faced similar things. Mm-hmm. I think it's our turn to do what they did for us and protect them. I recently watched a speech, kind of, um, of Daniel Day Kim. Mm, yeah, talking. I also saw that. Yeah, that was very... I feel like he mm-hmm. hit the points very well. And at the end, he said that we're the fastest growing demographic in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that we're 23 million strong. And now we're waking up. I thought that was very, like, inspirational. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And... On the same note, I think it's inspirational to see that when we all come together for this one cause, this one purpose, like we're able to do so much. Just through one GoFundMe, we're able to support someone across the nation, across the world, Mm -hmm. and actually help real people. Behind all those statistics are actual lives. So like, oh yeah, yeah, only three people died though. Yeah, three human beings 
who actually have a family who was someone sister brother cousin daughter son it was like it was someone and they have their own lives they have a living to live they have kids they have like something and to just only see them as just a number that's just very heartbreaking going back to our experience growing up right because mm-hmm. like you just mentioned we have stories behind those numbers mm-hmm. and before we become numbers we have a whole experience like the way we see the world mm-hmm. as chinese americans like you mentioned before about oh how when we coexisted together i think it's easy for us to try to imagine what it'd be like before all of this happened but i think mm-hmm. regardless um this would have happened eventually eventually something like this would happen where there's like an outbreak of asian violence i feel like that would have happened sooner or later i think it's been happening but now it's being recorded it's being put on social media news media accounts um it's more prominent i guess because now people are more aware of it it's been tiring honestly just reopening the social media and seeing more and more violence, more and more stories, more and more experiences, and it's just very draining. So I want to take a social media break, to be honest, from all of this that's going on. Yeah, I don't blame you. I feel like, same. <laughs> yeah, I got so obsessed with checking each hashtags and just checking each social media post and seeing if this celebrity posted this or that influencer posted mm. that. Like, I got so obsessed to the point where I'm like, for some reason, seeking out all those negative comments just to make myself even more mad. And that's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good to stay informed, but it's different when you're like seeking out, Mm -hmm. you know, those kind of, but yeah, I don't blame you. It's definitely tough times. And I think a lot of people are feeling it. I was going to mention like, with me and my brother, when we were growing up, mm-hmm. I feel like we tried to assimilate with the white people. Mm. And so we used to call each other brother and sister in Chinese, like Mei Mei and Kugu. Mm-hmm. But I think my brother kind of felt like, oh, we're, tr- we're trying to be like American because we're in the US. Mm. So we, called, we started calling each other by our, our first names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Michelle. I wish we would have kept it by calling each other our Chinese brother and sister names yeah that's just one example of us trying to fit in that is so true though because i remember when i have friends over for like sleepovers in um high school so like when i was in the u.s i would tell my grandma order um like just american food like order because i was so afraid for them to hate just chinese cooking but i was so afraid that they would hate it, that I didn't even ask for their opinion. I just assumed they wanted American food. So that was also like a mistake on my part. Like I didn't, there was a good opportunity to educate and I didn't see that opportunity. Yeah, but I mean, at that age, like you're not thinking of, oh, I need to teach them my culture. No. But I think as we grew older, we are more aware of that and we're Mm -hmm. more like trying to spread our culture. We're more proud of it. I think definitely for me, I think over time, I'm more proud of listening to Chinese music, mm-hmm. listening to Korean music, like watching um, K-dramas, watching Chinese dramas. Mm-hmm. And I know that before, I wouldn't have done that. And I wouldn't have been as proud about it. Mm. Yeah, I just... There's been so many times where I thought, 
oh, if this happened to me, I would confront the guy. I would confront the person. Then I started thinking, would I really be that brave to confront a person? To hold up my phone and record them saying all these things to me? Or would I just quickly run away Mm -hmm. um, or laugh and brush it off? I was in my Chinese class because I thought that was like an easy A to take. (laughs) (laughs) And I answered a lot of questions. I would like, my teacher would um, ask me to say a sentence. I want to be able to say that sentence in Mm -hmm. Mandarin. But then one of the guys in my class was like, oh, of course she knows these things because she's a communist. What? (laughs) And I didn't confront him. Um... But there was someone who, who was, like, Asian. He said, hey, man, that's not cool. I remember him saying that. But at that moment, I didn't really know what to say. I was just kind of mm. shocked. shocked. But also, like, I kind of laughed it off because I didn't want to be rude or I didn't want to confront him. Because as Asians, we're taught to just brush it off. And we have this mindset. It's like, oh, just be better than them. Just be more successful than them and brush it off. But... Yeah. We shouldn't. We should just tell them, hey, it's not cool what you just said. Like, you can't assume that all Asians are communist. And I don't know. I, I There's been so many, like, these little tiny remarks that has happened to me in, in high school. But each time, I didn't say anything. But then mm-hmm. another part of me is like, would you? Would you really? I feel like that's hard to, hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you think back, whenever you think ahead you always think that you're going to do these things or you should have done that mm-hmm. but in the moment when it actually happens like you get thrown off guard and sometimes you're not prepared to like defend yourself i imagine as an asian woman especially i think that happens really often in the workplace i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm trying like i'm trying to prepare myself to like imagine scenarios of possible things that might happen and how i'm supposed to respond because mm-hmm. I know that it, it will happen mm-hmm. and I need to be prepared for when it does and say the right things and tell them that's not right because mm-hmm. sometimes they're they, I don't know if they're necessarily kidding or not but even if they are kidding the thought the idea that crosses their mind mm-hmm. and them saying it out that's just it needs to be corrected yeah for sure because sometimes they might not even know that they are mm-hmm. subtly um admitting the stereotype yeah um and i think i also am at fault with that i would succumb into those stereotypes and be like oh i'm asian but i'm not good at math or i keep Mm -hmm. reinforcing that stereotype into people's mindset Mm -hmm. which is wrong we should like stop saying and making jokes just because we're like oh i'm asian i can say these jokes but no by you Mm -hmm. saying that it means that you are advocating for and promoting the idea that all Asians are good at math. All Asians are supposed to be smart. All Asians are supposed to be rich. As we grow older and with all the recent things, we're really learning Mm -hmm. about how to properly hold ourselves and communicate with others. We're also becoming more aware of the things we say to ourselves and other Asians. So now that we've kind of shared about our experience with the attacks and also our experience growing up as Chinese American, what do you think the general direction we should take as an Asian community should be? What are we trying to hope to see in the future? And we'll kind of talk about what we're going to do individually. 
to contribute to the situation. I think I, I'll talk about like what we hope to see. I mean, this okay. whole situation has already been brought to light that mm-hmm. it's just so hard to go back into hiding, go back into just simply coexisting with others. Um, so what I hope to see is that people are aware of our skin color. People are aware of the fact that we're Asian and they accept us and our identity. There's a saying that everyone has been quoting, which is, what it it goes downhill, but like it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, it gets worse before it gets better, mm-hmm. and I'm hopeful to think that this is the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that people won't find it as funny mm-hmm. to make jokes about the way we look mm-hmm. and the stereotypes that have been circulating throughout the years. I hope that the minorities are able to like stand next to each other more mm-hmm. instead of picking at each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, I know that it's going to take time. And like the older generation, Asians definitely have stereotypes of others, just like other minority groups have stereotypes of Asians. Each other, yeah. Yeah. But I hope that with our stories being told, that we're not silencing each other and trying to make our needs more important, but instead we're trying to like lift each other up. Mm-hmm. It might be a little disheartening or disappointing and frustrating um, with all the news that's going on right now, but we know that there is hope and that things will change for the better. And we have, most of all, most importantly, we have faith mm-hmm. in God. Mm-hmm. We know that he has a plan for us, for us to take these hard moments to realize his greater plan mm-hmm. and to rely on him to mm-hmm. glorify what he's going to do for us. Um, while the spotlight is on us, we should remain strong and we should make our voices be heard. And even in the Bible, they say that you can't, I don't remember the exact things, but there's a story or an analogy saying that you can't reverse the wineskins or something Mm. like basically what i'm trying to say is once something has evolved you can't go back Mm -hmm. the point is to continue evolving into a better version Mm -hmm. and to take that moment and use it wisely become a better version of yourselves honestly going forward from here yes 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 i agree i agree god is still molding us into being better people and there's a reason why he created us as asians and created us Mm -hmm. as asian females in this world is because he knows that we will make a difference with this identity and we will make something happen with this identity and that he has a plan for us even though the whole world is telling us no you don't exist you don't belong yeah definitely having faith strong faith in god allows us to have more stability mm-hmm. definitely and have more like a wider vision i feel mm-hmm. like instead of just being focused on this one single moment mm-hmm. like we know what's going to come in the future we know that good things are going to come for us and honestly i think if i wasn't asian i wouldn't be so aware of all the stories and i wouldn't be able to connect as well so i'm thankful that i'm asian an asian woman no matter how hard that may be sometimes. 
Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in、um, to this. Might be quite a heavy episode, but I'm glad we ended it on a note where hopefully it can be encouraging for all of you listeners. Our five listeners. Thank you, <laughs> thank you my friends. <laughs> Hope to see you in the next episode. I think we'll actually talk about how we met. <laughs> yeah,、It'll、be a more A lighter topic. Lighter topic. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>